Are you ready? You know, sometimes in our faith, we need to be a little bit uncomfortable. You know that? And you know that we grow when we engage that space? Who knows that? Yeah, you know that. Would you like to grow? Who would you you like to grow? Come on, guys. I know you do. So I'm going to make you a little bit uncomfortable this morning. And you've all just signed up for it. So it's going to be less of me and more of you this morning. Um, Ruth, would you please come up and share the gospel with us? I'm joking. It's not going to be that bad. That was the worst. That was the worst one could possibly expect. And it's not going to be that bad. But Ruth was almost ready. If I asked one more time, she would have been here. Um, just a warm welcome to Reino and Lihana. Yay! You guys came to visit us. We are very thankful for that. Um, they came to check up on us on the day that I'm not going to preach a real sermon. How about that? Just coming to church. Okay, so we'll challenge them also <laughs> while they're with us. Um, so, you know, our three themes for the year, intimacy, community, mission. So this has been mission month, and it's beautiful to hear the words and the songs and the things that is just flowing forth to um, It's beautiful to hear that mission has happened in our hearts. And I believe that, practically speaking, the intimacy theme and the community theme has been actioned much more practically than what the missions theme has but don't worry i believe it's god who's working we've we've seen community happen and a lot of us have wrestled with god in this intimacy thing and it's been beautiful it's been practical and the missions thing there's been these um there's been these bombs that god has dropped every now and again in our hearts and he stirred many things in us and um You'd be glad to know that next year is going to be very much a mission. So it's going to be good. And when I say that, I don't mean India and Sri Lanka. I mean your life as a whole. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and uh, mission, the one thing that I remember so well when um, it dawned on me earlier this year that intimacy with God and community with each other, they are eternal, eternal concepts. It's something we'll do for eternity. We'll spend time with God and with each other for eternity. So it's good to learn as much as you can as you go. But mission, the mission of God has a deadline. The mission of God has a deadline. Are you hearing this? There's a day where the mission of God will come to an end, will come to fruition. And then only intimacy and community will continue in eternity. And therefore there's a great urgency that God doesn't take lightly and that we shouldn't take lightly. And that is our heart for understanding the mission of God and with the previous 
two concepts. I did a nice th thematic summary, which is more a a academic in nature, working through the things that the Lord shared with us. This one, this summary, I want to do very briefly, and then we're going to do it practically. Just to help us to sharpen our toolkits um, as we prepare for summer holidays. And, and I love the words that has come through. I love the vibe that is coming through where we're really saying, hey, but what about holiday for Jesus? What about time with family for Jesus? And I realized also that as many of us leave now, we are going to spend time with people that we don't normally spend time with, whether it's family or friends or people that you see where you head to. You will engage with a lot of people that probably don't know Jesus. Many of us will. The chances are greater that we're going to spend more time with people we don't spend a lot of time with often that maybe don't know Jesus. And we should have our, our tools sharpened and ready when we do this and trust God to move. Because He's a God who saves. Amen? Are you ready for that? So what I want to do is I'm going to read you something I wrote. I've done this a few times this year. I, as an as a, as a extrovert, I never thought I would be doing this, but I do like writing quite a bit, and I have been writing more than I thought I would ever do. So I'm going to write you a short little piece. I'm going to read you a short little piece little piece that as I worked through the theme of mission for the year and the sermons that was preached it is being summer it, it all came together in my mind in a way and it's being summarized in this little thing that I've written I'm going to read it to you and we're going to work through it um, briefly because you would remember as we go so I'm going to read you're going to read with me are you going to read with me? You don't have to, to read out loud. I just mean, I need you to focus, okay? A whole year in two minutes. Our mission, i.e., our part to play in the mission day, is not one-dimensional, not at all. It is not exclusively about walking around all day, preaching the gospel, praying for the sick, and discipling converts to do the same. This we should do. But there are complex and beautiful intricacies in following Christ that will lead us to such wonderfully crafted and individually assigned ways that we cannot allow ourselves to feel lesser for not being the street-walking John the Baptist we sometimes think attains to the ultimate of our faith or at least exemplifies what we sometimes think to be its purest form. Working an eight to five wherever, in whatever, can be part of the purest form of our faith. It's your mandate to journey with Jesus to ensure that it is. Being an entrepreneur, accountant, saving the whales, or being a missionary could all perfectly fit or not fit the container of the purpose of God for your life. 
It's our role to wrestle with the one we follow to ensure that we are indeed in real terms following. And if we have been following and are where he has led, that we take hold all the more of the reason he led us there and follow him in increasingly finer detail daily as we explore and take extreme ownership of our part to play in his mission day not wasting time on any activity that's not aligned or that becomes self-serving in any way Amen We spoke about the mission day at the beginning of this year defining this concept of the mission of God what is God's mission? And His mission summarized to you right now in one little sentence is to reconcile all things back to God. To reconcile all things back to God. That is His mission. That's what He wants. I.e., the whole of creation to come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. That's God's mission. That's what He's on about. And we can only truly have a mission that's worth anything and fulfilling in any way if it's fully aligned to the mission of God. We came to that conclusion. It's quite an obvious one. So whatever we do is then is then subject to that mission as the mission is put forth in front of us and we read it and we accept it and we say yes to the mission of God as we accept it as our mission. And then from there, we follow him as he leads us in how this looks. Because how this looks is different for everyone because we are a body with different members. But we all have the same ultimate purpose. So the fact that your job looks different different doesn't mean that your end goal is different your end goal is still to see someone come to the saving faith of jesus christ and to fall on your knees and weep before god because of what he has done and then walk the road from there on that is it there are many mechanisms to this there are many ways to this there are many elements that we as we work and our eight to fives and many things we do that sometimes feel unrelated when we should engage God to ensure that we understand how this is indeed related if this is indeed related or if we arrived at this conclusion for our own purposes because the only way to find out what our purpose in God is or let me rather say step one in finding our purpose in God, the fulfillment that we created for, is to crucify our own purposes. Those who have come to Jesus have crucified the desires and passions of the flesh, what we want. And the beauty is what God wants as we grow closer to Him becomes what we want. And that passion has got much 
greater potential to burn in us than what fleshly passions do. I can assure you that. So on the one hand, you've got the gospel preaching life that we esteem highly in some way, but in in another way, we often don't see ourselves as that guy, as a Hudson um, Taylor or Reinhard Bonke. We don't see us as that guy, so we do understand that we're not called to be that, but somehow we think we're slightly less because we're not that, because that seems to be like the ultimate. And even though we would in our minds not think so, we would live like it is so. We would live like it's less. We wouldn't live in our accounting job so often with the same passion to see the kingdom of God come. Because somehow we believe it's less what we are doing. And God brought to remembrance to us all the different occupations that he has held throughout the Bible. Do you remember that? He was an architect and he was an engineer. He was a a naval designer. He was a farmer. He was all those things. He was a shepherd. He was a, a carpenter. He was an industrial designer. All the things God actually did as part of his job, as part of the work that he's he's been doing has been things like this the very first guy that said has the spirit of god was a guy that had to design or at least execute the designs of god in making the um, temple and all the clothing for the priests that jocks um stained so um interestingly told me that he doesn't think those designs are that good but he will, I don't know, like God and him needs to sort that out. <laughs> I understand our, our style is different these days. Um, so, to find complete fulfillment and understanding of what we do is of utmost importance for, for us to engage the mission of God with the same purpose as what Reinhard Bonke did. He passed away recently, if you didn't know. Um, If you've not read his autobiography, Living a Life of Fire, then I would definitely advise you to buy his autobiography and read it. It is so inspirational. The one time I was reading it, and I was reading these miracles and stories and things that happened, and next to me was Renald struggling to open a combination lock that she forgot got the um, code of and as I read all these things the next moment she said oh I can't remember this code and I just knew I was just like with the things I just read I had so much faith that I was going to take that lock and click the code and open the lock and just give it back to her so she can continue packing and I can continue reading that book stirred my faith like crazy well that didn't happen I did I did try, and I prayed, and I tried all the things, that, but like it, it actually didn't happen. But read the book. It'll really inspire you. Where was I now? Um, so then the, the other sense that I just, just like to convey again is that 
we need to understand that we follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. We don't make decisions. Followers don't decide. Because if you make a decision, it's primarily based on what you want, or what you think is good. And according to the Word of God, you don't really have a good compass for either one of those things, eternally speaking. We follow. The Western Church have left that place so often on Christian radio stations and books and things you hear about pursuing your dreams, passions, desires, da, 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 this off. This off. We don't do that. We get fresh desire and passion from God. And then you can listen to the rest of that sermon, which is about chasing your dream. When that dream has been birthed in the Spirit, and still you need to regularly check that dream to ensure what it's doing to your heart. What is it becoming inside of you? Is it becoming higher than God or not? But we follow and find our purpose and mission and things in Him. And this is a time in the year where we as a family always, I can't wait for this time of year where I go and sit down, I write down all the things that I know that God has called me for, all the things that we do with our life, and I refresh them with the Holy Spirit. And I work through them and I ask Him, like, where are we at? What should we do? How should this look like? And we realign to ensure that we are actually following and not asking God to come along with us. Often when you say, but he can use you wherever you are, it's said in the wrong context. It is often received as, go wherever you want. He can use you there too. That is not a scriptural argument. You go wherever he leads. He will use you there if you are open. That is the Christian life, following Jesus, picking up a cross, denying yourself, following Jesus. So I'm just preaching into some things that I so often hear, and it's so, it's so tingly, and it's so, it's so common, even in many churches that we would look up to, and we should be careful of that. So it's us who follow, and it can look like many different things. And then my challenge is to, I like the big big picture. So when I get the big picture, I'm, I'm, I feel peace. I feel a release. I know, ah, oh, I should be here. I should be doing this. Great. But then the grind for me, which will be easier for some of you, for you the big picture might be the grind. The grind for me is to do to then find him in the details of daily life within the space which I was called to. Because you can be where you are called, but you can still not do what you're supposed to do in that space. If you're called to be an architect, you can do what you can be an architect and think, well, this is what God said I should do. But actually, you're just building an empire name for yourself and seeing how fast you can you can get to the highest position so you can retire at 45. And it's also missing the plot. So there is the big picture, but there are the details. And finding God, as we follow Him in increasingly finer detail, so that what we do will not be self-serving. There's this thing that if, if, 
if you serve yourself in a certain area where you have a need and you want to be served, if you allow yourself to serve yourself, you disallow God to serve you in that place. And you will have much less than what you could have had if you decided to not serve yourself and allowed Him to do it. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourself. And if we're in that place, it seems like I'm going to die. It's going to be terrible. The door is open for Jesus to come in like a flood and love you and fulfill those needs in ways that He alone can do. And you lay down your life, you serve Him, you worship Him, you serve others, you love them. And whatever you receive then, because you've already sacrificed whatever you thought you wanted, is then received as such a blessing. You can't believe that a gracious God would actually love you like this. And I can assure that He'll overwhelm you with that love as you take this scary step of stopping to serve yourself. So that's the message. That's what kind of came out this morning out of my mouth. I didn't know. I thought I might just read this little two-minute piece, and then we'll do some practical exercises that we will do now. But um, may this encourage you, and may this help you to align in this time. But we're trusting God for the harvest. We're trusting God that He would, through us, reach out. Runel asked me on Saturday, on Friday, we had our seven-year anniversary on uh, Friday, and uh, it was amazing. And she asked me, what, what are my dreams for this next year? And one of the three things that just came to me immediately was that, imagine 50 people can get saved through the people in our church. Nothing gets me more excited than that. And then I thought, 50. And I was like, 100. I'm like, whoa, 100. So, no pressure. Okay, but um, for us to be able to do this, we need to sharpen our um, tools I, I'm reading a book of, of a guy on discipleship and he said that um, this principle applies that when he started playing basketball as a young boy he had to practice his dribbling his passing, his shooting and I think they call it rebounding, things, something you do off the wall. That's the four things you practice and practice and practice when you want to get good at basketball and he, th he says the thing that amazed him is when he eventually ended up playing college basketball with a few pros he observed them and to his surprise they were practicing their dribbling their passing their shooting and their rebounding same thing we won the World Cup because we did the basics well also. So we can never move away from that. And there's an 
there's 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 this um thing that says we should grow past this and we've done this in 2007 just when I got saved uh, then da, 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 da. no so we are going to work at some of the tools we have in our basket you're going to do it very practically on sharing your testimony and sharing the gospel how nice is that because if you engage anyone this holiday I want you to feel that somehow you've worked a bit on this tool lately and you've got something to present to someone that might be of value. When um, at the next place where me and Renal went on our anniversary, there was some guys sitting behind us, four or five guys. I could hear it's kind of a year-end thing and they've had like two or three beers. And when we left, they also kind of left and I just felt the Lord put on my heart, 10 seconds, 10 seconds, just 10 seconds. And I told her, and I'll just wait outside. And I turned around them and I made some stupid joke that helped. Um, it could sometimes not help, but at least they saw that I was there with a very pretty girl. And they were a bunch of single oaks. So you immediately have some points with the guys because they're like, we'll listen to a guy like, you know, who could do that. So that helped a bit so you want to get married that helps um, and then within 10 seconds I told them I told them guys can I have 10 seconds of your time please I said sure man and I shared with them I shared the gospel with them in 10 seconds and I testified out of my life and I could walk away from there and I thought these guys have heard the gospel now it definitely not the whole full everything discipled thing but they cannot say that they haven't heard that Jesus changes lives and that he calls us to something higher um, so we need to be ready and have sharp and short it was interesting also to me to just once again remember and realize that even when people have had a few beers they are more open Hit the clubs. Hit those places. Like, it actually helps because the guys are more, like, they're thinking about life a bit, and they tend to be a little bit more emotional and a, a little bit more th thoughtful than what they might be. That's just a side note. So, um, if it's really bad, you can pray for them to get sober, and then they'll get the fright of their lives when they're instantly sober, and they wasted all their money, um, and then you can minister to them. So, what you're going to do now is um, you're going to share your testimony with two different people so we're going to do um, two rounds of this and you're going to do it in three minutes and I'm putting a timer on it because often when you speak to people there's a timer on it you can't speak with them for 45 minutes try to figure it out you need to land it okay whether it's with your brother that you never get opportunity for something like this and you guys are walking somewhere and there's a moment you're going to drop it okay or whether it's with someone completely random. So your testimony basically is comprised out of your life before Christ. So giving a little bit of insight on where you were at. I was going nowhere slowly. I knew there was a, a God. I didn't know what it means. I was trying to figure out my own way. Um, this, this is me. And I was pursuing things, hitting my wall, pursuing things, hitting a 
wall and just caught up in a lot of things that I thought would bring me joy, but it never did. And I never got really good at it either. Um, and like I can add a lot of other stuff, but just to get a sense of that. And then the beautiful story of how you found Jesus, how Jesus found you, and what happened there in that in that moment what was those moments not that necessarily moment but those moments what was that process of meeting him finding him and what was the fruit of that life with Christ what does it look like now in comparison to what it looked like before that's our testimony it wasn't Jesus now it is okay so we're going to start with that you're going to find someone um, that you don't know that well so everybody can stand up please stand up please and then um, walk around and find someone within 20 seconds we don't have a lot of time find someone just one person just one person All right, if I can get your attention again, please. Um, you've probably introduced yourself by this time. If you haven't yet, you can do it later. Um, you're also welcome to arrange a braai with them for next year and say, oh, we never got to see each other this year. Um, but I'm going to give you three minutes for the one. I'm going to time it. Three minutes for the one. And then three minutes for the other. You'll wrestle through it this time. Be like, uh, 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 that's fine. We're going to do it again. Okay? Um, whoever is the youngest can go first. On your marks, get set, go. The first person has got 10 seconds left. And then I met Jesus and he changed everything. All right. We're going to switch over to the next one. If you didn't get through it, that's fine. You can do it with the next person. So slow down, slow down, slow down. And next person in three, two, one, go. You've got 10 seconds. <laughs> All right. Well done, guys. Well done. So what you can also do right now, you can arrange a bride with that person for next year because you don't know each other that well uh, if you're married you can just invite your uh, spouse along but um, I think that's a great idea 
Uh, two in one. So quickly arrange a braai. Quickly arrange a braai. Come on, take out your phone, uh, get a date. If you can't braai, you can use our house or you can just make lasagna. Right, so the bride's arranged, so now you can quickly stand up and find someone else that you maybe also don't know that well. In 10 seconds, go find someone. Um, remember, if you share your testimony, you can share it to someone. Bec- when they are saved, it's different, but think in your mind, how would it be to share with someone that's maybe not saved? Okay, so just take that angle of someone that's maybe not saved, someone that does not understand do you hear me so take the angle of that someone that's maybe not with Jesus speak to them like that Um, are you ready and the youngest can go Five, four, three, two, one. Laka, Sorry for the short notice. And you're ready to switch. The elder among you can start in three, two, one, go. Ten seconds. All right. If I can get your attention, please. If I could get your attention, please. You can continue this ministry also over a cup of coffee afterwards actually seen one or two tears so that's good um, we're going to do one more exercise so usually when you share with someone it's a combination of the gospel as it is and the gospel's impact on my life so you shared the gospel's impact on your life right now and through that shared my, a lot of the gospel Okay, but for this exercise I would like us to look at um, the next slide it's a bit more complex than this one I tried to give an helpful outline to the go- for the 
gospel. You might want to add something in there, remove something. I, don't know, I hope you don't remove too much of it. But um, add something in there. But um, I want you to look at this for a while. Because often the gospel we preach and the things we don't say uh, indicate a lot to uh, um, um, us of, of where we're at and, and, and what we believe when we say that we believe the gospel. So I want you to look at that just for a minute on your own and just to form some way of saying that. Um, and then we, you're going to find someone else and you're going to share the gospel with each other in uh, three minutes each. But I'm going to give you a minute just to quickly look at that and work through it and refresh it in your mind. I think I did really well just reading through that again. I'm like, wow, that's that's helpful. Anyway, um, could you quickly find someone? Up 10 seconds, find someone else. Share the gospel in three minutes. Yeah, you've got someone. The youngest can go in three, two, one, go. All right. Ready to change over. Now you can't just piggyback on the one that went before you like I'm going to do now with Simon. You need to make up your own gospel. I'm joking. I'm joking. You need to preach the real gospel in three, two, one, go. Ten seconds. Well done, guys. Short sharpening exercise. So you guys can take your seats. We're just about done. We're just about done. Can I get your attention, please? I see Alice cannot stop sharing the gospel again. Matthew, not far in brimstone only. Just a little bit. All right. You feel your sword is a bit sharpened? Was it a bit sharpened through the exercise? Okay, you'd be slightly more ready if someone would ask you for a reason, for the hope that is inside of you. Are we going to do a holiday for Jesus? Always for Jesus, says Julie Hitt. No holiday, just Jesus. I have to live with Alice and Juliet. We, yeah, our sanctification, our 
our our yeah, we learn what it means to be Christian, and we get challenged so often. I would say things. I would think like, "Oh, Alice would destroy me if I hold this doctrine too closely." Okay, so I wanted to just do that, um, and then on the next slide, you can take a, p- a picture of it. Um, just is the last one. Thanks, Dan. I tried to quickly summarize in one sentence the essence of what I think God shared with us this year. So if I can get it as basic as that, some of you would be like, ooh, you're missing out. on But this would just remind you of what we have been speaking about this year. And I want to ask you that we're not going to have services now for two weeks to remind yourself of this. You even take out your phone like some of you have yes some of you have already taken out your phone some of you are moving in the spirit not often that you move in the spirit when you're taking out your phone but this time it is so please take out your phone and take a picture of it so you can remind yourself of it um in intimacy jesus said and it will stay with me for the rest of my life it was I preached that sermon here for the very first time. I think it was the very first sermon I preached in this congregation. Um, the most important thing in life, Jesus said, one thing is necessary, Martha. And Mary chose it to sit at my feet and listen to me. So in terms of intimacy, it is the most important act that we can do is to sit with Jesus. He is the Word, but he is, and He is the Spirit, and He is our savior our lover our help the most important thing you can do in life is to sit at these feet and listen in community we found that we are family you know what i tend to we always used i always used to speak about family and then spiritual family and now i tend to speak about family and biological family Something changed in my heart. We are family and we are members of Jesus' body. We're not freestanding individuals. Remember that we're not as Cape Town would like to tell us that you are you and you are unique and you're awesome. You can be all you can be and you must just be you. You are a part of a bigger whole. Find your place in it, your joy in it, and your job in it. And then mission is that his mission should be our mission, and we should have no other mission. Thank you guys for journeying with us in one of the best years of our lives. We appreciate it. We hope God touched you in this year. We hope you grew in this year. And we're very excited to go from glory to glory in the year that is to come. Can I close for us in prayer? Father, we look to you as the giver of life. Father, the one who gives us joy and who gives us purpose and the one who has been with us, Father, throughout this year. We glorify you for that. We honor you for that. We pray, Father, a blessing over every one of us here, wherever we are and wherever we will be sent, Father, in this um, time to come where we will break, Father, from having our usual gatherings, Father. I pray a blessing of protection over everyone, and I pray, Father, for spiritual ears to be open to the voice, your voice of love, your voice of
guidance, your voice of affirmation, and your voice, Father, that confirms your mission wherever we go, Lord. I pray for that, Lord, and may we travel safely. I pray for every vehicle and those around every vehicle that will be on the road of everyone, Father, that we love, Father, to be protected in Jesus' name and with angels, Lord. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.